Yesterday, we were talking about uh, that grant program, the federal liberal government uh, grant program that they were going to have distributed by We Charity. They've parted ways. That happened on Friday after criticism and conflict of interest. Um, So what would have happened is We Charity would have distributed some $900 million in federal student grants this summer. I know that it was announced that the... um, Federal Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion will be investigating Trudeau over this and over the uh, running of the grants program. This is following up on complaints from the Conservatives, the NDP, and the NDPs. Here to talk about it, Charlie Angus is uh, joining us. He's an NDP ethics critic. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Great to have be on the show. Thank you so much. Well, I think this story's you know for the as far as a headline goes, it's not very sexy. But I think once again, uh, once we start digging around, uh, things just don't smell right. And you wrote a letter recently. Can you tell us a little bit about the letter you wrote and who you wrote it to? Well, everybody's up to speed, I think, on the debacle with WE, the group that is very close to the Trudeau family, and now the Prime Minister is under investigation. But when we started to look into this program, a whole bunch of questions began to get raised because um, we have to make sure that the money that's going out the door is helping people in need. And the prime minister made a promise to the post-secondary students and to the charity sector. The charity sector's in free fall right now because they haven't been able to raise money. They're facing mass layoffs and university students, huge levels of debt, and there's no work this summer. So when the prime minister came up with this scheme that he gave to the WE charity, a whole bunch of alarm bells went off. So this morning, I and my colleague, Lindsay Matheson from London Fanshawe, wrote a letter to Youth Minister uh, Bartish Chagger to ask, have you even gotten uh, uh, a, a legal opinion whether this program is legal? Because if you're paying people to work at well below the minimum wage, uh, you will be in conflict with uh, labor standards across the country. And what that means is that the charities who are supposedly hiring these volunteers could be at risk for legal liability. And these are serious questions because some, uh, you know, post-secondary students are going to be working for maybe 10 bucks an hour, but others, the way it's scheduled, could be working for five, six or seven bucks an hour. Uh, and that's not going to pass any kind of credible legal test. So what's going on with this program? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday with a a legal lawyer uh, about that, an employment lawyer, and he also sounded the same alarms. And any program that appears to deny young people their right to minimum wage could be in violation of Ontario Human Rights Code or even the Federal Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And that puts a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of those uh, people that will be supervising the volunteers that get paid albeit under minimum wage, uh, in a really dodgy situation that should concern many, many people. Do you think that, you know, yesterday we were talking about the fact that maybe this should have, this money should have gone to the student um, summer uh, job program instead of a, a grant program. Do you, do, do you, do you find that, are, are you in lockstep with that idea? Well, that's a really good question because, uh we work very closely in our office, as I know members of parliament across the country do with the Canada Summer Jobs Program. It's a really good program. But this spring was different than I've ever seen it, where the government came to us a number of times and said, listen, identify groups 
organizations that could hire students. Uh, go and identify them, make sure it's possible, make sure it could be done safely, that they could meet the protocols. And then for all the groups that normally got funding, you know, the YMCAs, the Heart and Stroke Foundations that have a long track record, they had to jump through numerous hoops to prove to the government that they were actually able to deliver services with young people in a safe manner. And then all that extra work we did got blown out of the water. None of these extra positions came forward. So this is why we were all gobsmacked when they went with this crazy volunteer program. We have a program that pays young people to work that is overseen with a credible process by the federal government where people are going to be getting good job experiences and the uh, NGOs and the charities and public sector, public groups that use them get a benefit. Why didn't we just use that program and we wouldn't be in this crisis right now? Because we're now coming into the second week of July and they still haven't hired people. One of the interesting things that I, you know, been digging around about this We Charity and the story of uh, Trudeau just uh, basically awarding them without, you know, bringing it to tender this uh, administering of the uh, Canada Student Service Grant during this pandemic Um he said, well, we charity wouldn't profit from this. Well, they're a nonprofit. They shouldn't be profiting from it. But what's the $19.5 million, uh, which is going to we charity, above the $900 million for? Well, this was the real, there's, and there's many questions, because a normal overhead for overseeing a program, if you're outsourcing it, is 10%. So that would be $90 million. And I think the government panicked and said it was over. No, it was only $19 million. That's still a lot of money. But we know that we said they were going to hire 450 of those students at less than minimum wage to work for them. Well, that's a conflict of interest right there. Yeah. We also, uh, you know, they do, they do a lot of inspirational work with young people, but I count at least 10 to 13 uh, registered corporations and foundations that we's involved in my question to the government again was how much of we is going to how much of these other organizations could we be getting uh, students hired through so everything about this was done wrong and it goes back to the prime minister's very close relationship did he interfere was his judgment clouded on deciding to help people that he knew because uh, why we got this uh, and it wasn't done by the Federal Civil Service is a question that we will continue to investigate. We need to get answers because we are in an unprecedented economic crisis right now. We need to make sure that people and organizations get through the other side of COVID. And to do that, we have to make sure that the programs and the money that's going out the door is done in a timely manner and it gets to people who need it, not just friends of the prime minister. You're calling this a potential hat trick of ethics violations. Do you feel like the prime minister thinks that the rules don't apply to him or does he even think about bothering to look at the rules? Well, um, <laughs> the third letter I've written to the, uh, the ethics commissioner on the prime minister's behavior and in two other times he's been found guilty. Uh, I think it's always about the judgment with this prime minister. The first one was his trip to Billionaire's Island with the Aga Khan where he took this vacation. And the ethics rules are very clear about that. You can't just go and hang out with people and get gifts from people who are actually uh, also lobbying the government. That's against the law. The second one was the interference in SNC-Lavalin. And the, the ethics commissioner's report on the prime minister was devastating, saying that he interfered. He interfered with an independent prosecution of corporate corruption, not, as the prime minister said, for you know, the good of Canadians, but to, to further 
the partisan interests of the party. That's uh, that's a pretty damning uh, review. And now this thing with we at a time when the prime minister had received a lot of respect mm-hmm. for his handling of of the covid crisis. He seemed measured. He seemed on top of things. He was seemed willing to work to the opposition. But it's like it's the hubris. It's the audacity that he doesn't seem to get it that, yeah, the rules do apply to you, even though you're the most powerful man in the land. And I, I feel I, I, it's a black mark for the work that we've all done in trying to show Canadians that Parliament can work in a time of crisis without putting partisan and personal interests first. This this is a debacle. Uh, with all the violations, the ethics violations, I'd love to see where his polling numbers were right before he committed those ethics violations, allegedly, and because this one hasn't been proven. But... Um, because his popularity was quite high during this pandemic, and then boom, we see this happen. Yeah, it's like he just can't help himself. And and a part of the problems with our our ethics laws and uh, that we have in Canada is that there's no consequences. So if you have no shame, you can't be shamed. Uh, it's based on a public scolding. But I think in light of the fact that this is the third investigation and two times he's been found guilty, going for a hat trick on this is a is a disgraceful moment. And there needs to be some measures of accountability. And we still haven't gotten that from this government yet. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. Charlie, a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. That's Charlie Angus, NDP ethics critic, talking about Trudeau and the weak controversy. I think this story probably has a few more legs.